The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You heard mention of there in the news headlines this financial aid uh, plan that has been announced uh, to assist uh, businesses and organisations worst hit by flooding during Storm Babbitt. Simon Coveney is the Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment and he is with me now. Minister, you're welcome to the programme. Uh, what can you tell me about this scheme? Hey, Karen. Well, look, we um, uh, we agreed uh, in government today uh, a financial support package for, for businesses that have been hit really badly in the last few days by flooding. Um, the, the town that was undoubtedly hit the hardest was Middleton uh, in East Cork. Uh, I was there for, for three hours last Thursday evening I mean, it really was devastating. I mean, I've been in politics for 25 years and I've never seen flooding damage like it. You know, it was four feet of flooding in some, um, in some places inside in people's homes and businesses. Um, so uh, clearly we needed to respond quickly uh, in terms of financial supports so the businesses can draw down the finances they need to try to get back up and running for the Christmas market. Uh, and that's what we've been focused on today. So there are effectively two schemes. Uh, there's the there's the standard emergency business flood scheme that we launch uh, through the Red Cross when we have flooding events. Uh, and that allows businesses to draw down an immediate €5,000 to do things like get get carpets out, get floorboards up, uh, to get skips in and so on. Um, and, um, and then with assessment, they can get up to 20,000 euros of financial support through the Red Cross. Um, so that's the standard scheme. And of course, some of the, some of the towns in, uh, in Cork, uh, and, and in, in West Waterford will apply for that standard scheme if it's, if it's appropriate for them. And then we've launched this enhanced emergency business flood scheme, which essentially is far much more severe flood damage to businesses. And there are many of those, particularly on the main street in Middleton. Um, and what that is, is that it'll give businesses that apply for it 10,000 euros upfront quickly, as long as the, the local authority vouch that they're a business that's been hit by floods. Uh, there'll be, there'll be, um, uh, uh, an audit after the money has been given out uh, to make sure that people haven't overclaimed and so on. Uh, and then for businesses that have been very badly damaged, uh, following a an assessor uh, going through uh, the business and the damage that's happened there, they can claim up to €100,000 through the Red Cross scheme. Uh, and so the, the, the challenge now is to get this money out quickly um, and uh, businesses should be able to apply from this evening uh, for the standard scheme, if it applies to them, or the enhanced scheme, if if the business believes that the that the damage is significant enough to uh, to justify that enhanced scheme, which, as I say, mm. in Middleton and in some other areas, uh, Glanmire, for example, where a, a sports club was really badly damaged, uh, Sarsfields Sarsfields Hurling Club, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of euros worth of damage, we suspect, uh, in terms of pitches and roads and so on. Uh, and that particular case, by the way, will get additional support from the Department of Sport to actually add to the money that we can give them through okay. this scheme, which is up to €100,000. Uh, is this um, the type the of... Other, yeah, go on. The other thing here that I would say is that uh, is that this isn't just about businesses, of course. It, it's also about people's homes um, yeah. that have also been really badly damaged. And Minister Heather Humphreys today uh, increased the the uh the income thresholds uh, to allow a lot more people to to apply for 
for humanitarian support funding through the community welfare officer in Middleton. And we've already given out over 125 payments through the community welfare officer as of this morning. Uh, and there'll be many more, I suspect, in the days and weeks ahead to make sure that we can help people get back up on their feet. Uh, yeah. uh, because in, in some cases, I mean, some of the homes literally have lost everything on the ground floor. Uh, and so the, um, the repair and rebuild cost uh, will be significant, um, but the government will be yeah. there to support them. Well, is this the type of kind of freak weather event that will inevitably cause damage whenever it happens? Or was it avoidable with proper flood defences and a proper flood warning system? I think it was avoidable with proper flood defences. So if you look at some of the other towns in County Cork, for example, you know, there was a time when Mallow flood, flooded every couple of years. It just doesn't happen anymore because there's proper flood relief defences in place. Moy is the same. Bandon is the same. Uh, Clonakilty is the same. Uh, Douglas on the south side of Cork City um, used to flood very, very badly, now has proper flood relief infrastructure in place. So I think, you know, the proof is there that that when the OPW are able to, to get in and do a comprehensive job in terms of flood defences, spending normally tens of millions of euros, it is effective. Um, and so the same needs to happen now in Middleton. Uh, mm. There was a commitment made back in 2015 that we would get flood defences in place. Um, we're only at the stage of actually going to planning permission on those flood defences in the first quarter of next year. So the sooner that can happen, the better. Uh, and in the meantime, I think Cork County Council needs to be given the necessary resources they need to do some of the sort of minor works that I think would reduce the likelihood of flooding, like, for example, um, uh, ensuring that some of the, the rivers that are adjacent to Middleton that have been silted up and so on, yeah. that they get cleared to make sure that we... Um, but but, but the, the challenge around flooding and Middleton is quite complicated uh, 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 because there are multiple different water sources from the harbour and from two different rivers and from underground caves, essentially, under the town of Middleton. Uh, all of which filled with water and literally there was water coming up through the drains as well as a river flowing down the main street. I mean, it, it really was an exceptional flooding event, which is why we're putting in place uh, a scheme mm. that goes way beyond the norms. Uh, d- d- despite those complications uh, unique to Middleton, do we need to simplify the process by which local authorities can get up and running and implement flood relief schemes? Do they take too long? And and, and if so, I mean, is it the age-old kind of planning failures that cause that delay or what is it? Yeah, I think there's some of that. But I mean, if you look at some of the towns that we've got flooding done in and the success around that, I think that the public can be confident that if they, you know, if they work with local authorities and with OPW, um, you know, comprehensive flood uh, defence systems can be put in, in place in most cases. Like, I mean, there are always going to be extreme weather events that, that even um, physical flood defences uh, can't protect against. But, mm. but by and large, uh, I think the OPW have shown that, that they have uh, very credible solutions for most circumstances. Um, and we need to make sure that we have a planning system and a decision-making process that can get those uh, pieces of infrastructure in place quickly because okay. I mean the reality is and I don't like saying it but the reality is that any business on the main street in Middleton that's looking for flood insurance after this event I think is going to struggle to get it yeah. until the state has flood defences in place uh, and that leaves people exposed and reliant on the state 
uh, with schemes like the one we've just announced today. And that's not the way it should be. So, I mean, there were businesses that couldn't get flood insurance in Formoy that now can. And as I say, the same in a whole host of other Cork yeah. towns. Uh, and that's what that's the solution we need to provide for for towns like Middleton and to a certain extent other towns as well, yeah. like Carrigaline and so on. Um, but I think I think we can do that. Money isn't the issue here. You know, the the government is willing to put hundreds of millions of euros into um, you know climate resilience and uh, and uh, flood protections and coastal protections, and we're going to need to do that in the years ahead. Yeah. But in the meantime, when when businesses can't get flood insurance. The state does need to be there for businesses to help them get back up on their feet. Uh, should the government consider expelling the Israeli ambassador to Ireland? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I I feel strongly that diplomacy matters. Uh, even if you strongly disagree with a country or a government, uh, I think it's important that you have a an avenue to talk to them. Uh, and many of the people who are calling for the Israeli ambassador to be expelled are also calling for Ireland to be very active in diplomatic channels to call for a ceasefire. You know, it's hard to have it both ways. You know, it's important that we can speak to the government of Israel very directly through their embassy in Dublin, uh, that we can have the hard conversations that sometimes we need to have, just like it's important that we have a Palestinian ambassador in Dublin that we can talk to, um, you know, in response to, uh, you know, what Hamas were responsible for in Israel um, uh, two weeks ago. Um, so for me, you know, sending ambassadors and their teams home uh, simply isolates Ireland from the discussion. Um, and what we need now is a very persuasive argument coming from Ireland working with other countries that want to see a ceasefire, that want to see humanitarian assistance and provisions getting into Gaza. Look, I mean, I've been to Gaza many times. Uh, It's a place uh, that is um, extraordinary, really, in that, you know, close to two and a half million people are living in this tiny landmass that's 12 kilometres wide and 42 kilometres long. Uh, Many people are unable to leave Gaza. Uh, uh, it's, It's created extraordinary tension within communities in Gaza because they're And do you think and sorry to cut across do, do you think it, it um, has created the the uh the environment where violent resistance is inevitable? No, because I think that in some ways justifies violent resistance. And I don't think I don't think in any way what Hamas are responsible for was justified. That said, I have been speaking out for many years as a foreign minister uh, on the plight of Palestinians uh, and the treatment that they have received from Israel, uh, which, uh, in my view, uh, was uh, um, contrary to what was needed in terms of progressing a peace process and a peace agreement that could achieve a two-state solution. Um, so, you know, we have seen, unfortunately, a real deterioration in a relationship between Israelis and Palestinians in recent years that does not justify at all what Hamas have done uh, in terms of the atrocities that they've committed. But what what we have now, unfortunately, is Israel at war uh, and Palestine as a, uh, or uh, Gaza, I should say, uh, receiving the brunt of that. Innocent women and children and men uh, dying uh, because of the ferocity of the bombing that's happening there. Huge numbers of people. You suspect they're guilty of war crimes. uh, In in terms of forced forced displacement and so on. Um, look, I, I, I mean, I think I think the language that needs to be coming from the Irish government right now is to uh, is to try to galvanise the international community where we can within the European Union and within the UN 
to try to make yeah, at the same time though and, and i appreciate that the need for kind you know? of diplomacy and and compromise and everything else and and being careful with our language no, 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 but if, if, not, if people are guilty not, of war crimes we should we should say it shouldn't we it's the it's the need for for Ireland if we're serious about trying to protect Palestinians and I believe yeah. we are uh, well well then we need to try to build consensus at meetings like the European leaders meeting that will happen on Thursday which, uh, if, which if the you suspect that the Israelis at. were guilty of war crimes would you say so yeah I mean look I, I, I think we need to call out crimes on all sides. Um, you know, and, and I think sometimes the debate in so Ireland if you thought the, if you thought the Israelis those. were guilty of war crimes, you would say so. But sure, I mean, I I have called out Israel for breaches of international right. law many times as a foreign minister, and I'll do so again. Okay. But I'm not I'm not interested in no, I know, but I, do, I just Ireland. want I just I, I just want to get a sense of 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 what you yeah. think is happening on the ground, or your reflection of it, given. Given your former role as a minister for foreign affairs, and given yeah. how many times I mean, you're I, in Gaza, I, do do you suspect they are guilty? Given what you've just said, that you would call it out if you thought so, do you think they're guilty of war crimes now? Look, I mean that's going to be a matter for legal interpretation in the future. I don't think that me trying to get headlines around a statement like that is helpful one way or the other. I have shown a a willingness to call out. Uh, breaches of international law repeatedly. I was probably the most vocal EU foreign minister on the Israel-Palestine conflict for, for the five or six years that I was in that office, um, both at a UN level and at an EU level. I visited Israel and Palestine more than any other country when I was a foreign minister uh, because because Ireland and Irish people are interested in this conflict and yeah. trying to find a pathway to peace. Uh, and that means speaking to both sides both Israel through their embassy and ambassador here and directly with the Israeli government and also speaking to the Palestinians, uh, both in their office in Dublin and at the highest level in, in Ramallah. Okay. Uh, and uh, and Ireland, uh, Ireland will continue to do that. The way to actually ensure that Ireland is influential or, or as influential as we can be in terms of bringing an end to this human tragedy is is to try to ensure that we are a credible international voice that builds consensus among other influential countries, uh, yeah. rather than just making grandstanding statements, which I think some people sometimes do on this conflict in Ireland. I mean, what is happening is absolutely appalling yeah. uh, in terms of human suffering and the images that we see every day are a reminder of that. It has to be brought to an end, yeah. but, but, but Ireland's role in, in, in helping to bring that about I think has to be focused on building international consensus rather than simply, you know, yeah. making individual statements in Dublin. Minister for Enterprise, Trade and Employment, Simon Coveney. Minister, thank you for joining us here on these shows. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.